spidey senses tingling. He's the host that now lives so close to me that could be geography, could just be in my heart. He's slim. This is your Paper Cake Show, episode 215. P.S. Tales on here. Welcome back to the show. Papercake.com. We talk about the books that we're reading, Three Friends, and Adnamenity. <laughs> Saga of the Swamp Thing Adnaminity returns for her favorite book Number Five You almost touched her chin with that. Dusted her chin <laughs> My hair is on another level right now. I don't even know what's happening. Is it hot in here? Oh my God. <laughs> is it hot in here? Uh, letters at paperkeg.com. We'll read your letters at the end of the show, but you know it's the summer of Alan Moore. It's the summer of Swampy. And we're going to do it right this summer, 2015. We have uh, a great panel of hosts. Let's start with an actual writer. And you're wondering if we have the credentials to talk about Alan Moore for ten episodes in a row. <laughs> Guess what? We've got an unpublished writer on the show looking quite vampiric this evening. Jonesy Loves Beer, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, you know, I am the author of no less than four Amazon reviews. Uh, so I feel like that's a publishment in itself. Publishment. I don't know... <laughs> <clears throat> Why I look so pale today? I had to get some sun, but uh, here we are. And this is the uh, world we live in. Thanks for having me. That was an ominous end to your own intro. Yeah. Your your Google Hangout byline is just four words. It's not even a sentence. It's not even really a statement about anything. It's, about it's a sixty thousand dollar car. It's. It's recently become my aura. You know how some people can see your aura? Like, people just see the ghostly image of a challenger behind me. And right. I don't know why that yeah. is, but, I mean, it just belies my truest desire right now. You know, that's one of my fave cars. Once I'm mm. retired, I'm probably going to get a, you know, 2013, whatever's the cheapest Dodge Challenger. Why the cheapest, friend? You know, I'm going to be elderly, yeah. Can't really throw all my money at some. Why are you doing car. it when you're retired? Yeah, like when I'll be able to afford it. Uh, can can yeah, I? I, I know we have ahead. to intro. I know we have to intro some hosts, but Matt, I'm going to fly out to California to get my Challenger and drive oh it God. back. We should do a, a caravan where we just see okay. the country for a week. Yeah, drive our new Challengers back to Pennsylvania, sure. stopping at places along the way in the country. Maybe we we'll see Mount Rushmore. Who knows? But we're driving a brand new Challengers when we Presidents, go. Dodge Brothers. Mm-hmm. We can reenact North by Northwest scenes. We need, to, we need to get to the rest of the host, Jonesy. Please hold that thought. I don't know if I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have Silver Fox is his probably number one nickname. I was listening to previous episodes of the oh, podcast boy. Oh my God. recently, and it was funny because 
we had talked about Dale's anniversary of giving up Facebook, and now that has turned into a 180. You're the Facebook phenom. Everybody knows that. You're lighting up Facebook with your photographs of your walks at work, your gorgeous, lush landscapes. Welcome back to the show, Dale underscore Oh, Saturday night, guys. Here we are, you know, destroying SoundCloud. <laughs> Slim and Amenity just looking about getting rid of me next. <laughs> Who do you know, we get rid of before you? Yeah, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> just crack my beer. It is Saturday. I usually have a beer on Saturday. Yeah. You know. And a Monday. Monday night beers? Sunday mornings. Whatever. You wow. tag that untapped? Tag, what's the, can you, uh, untapped, whatever beer that is. Is that a PBR? Is that what's happening? This is a forgotten boardwalk, undressed wit. Never heard of it. Sounds made up. Welcome to the show. Thanks anyway. Uh, Dale underscore. But we have a final host making her grand return to the show. Swamp Thing, you know, created something magical inside her not unlike a sex yam <laughs> welcome back to the show at nimidity thanks <laughs> thanks so that was thanks. one yeah. of these beers <laughs> I, was, I should when you cracked that open i realized i should have brought something with me but i didn't you can you can uh drink some of slim's urine colored water <laughs> bottle no, thank drink you. it's not water whatever it is listen Show sponsor Mio Energy. Thanks for being here and with me in the low times, Mio. But we have a big show. Atnaminity is here. Amanda, yeah, you're you're probably more known from your tech podcast, Tech Smoke, <laughs> that we're totally up to date on. Well, I was actually looking. Tech Smoke is a paper keg podcast along with Book Jug. Mm. There's actually been a. There's actually been a Tech Smoke. <laughs> Sooner than there has been a book jug wow. podcast, which book jug, if you're unfamiliar with, you know, I apologize. There has which been, has been in a probably while. sooner than the flap. Book jug is a podcast about two friends talking about audiobooks that they listen to. Great listen. podcast. I really miss it. There's been talks of a, a state of the book jug podcast, you know, since the last there, podcast. There has? Jonesy, <laughs> don't ruin this for. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. The audio theater. Um, forget it. You know, Jonesy, <laughs> the mood. So we're going to do one. Typical Jonesy. Way to go. Hate that we guy. have uh, a big show to get to. Saga the Swamp Thing. We've been doing the previous four books. Now we'll be doing book five. And, you know, one night I, I was sitting with Adnimidity on our couch and I said, what book would you want to come back onto the show for? we're doing this whole thing 
and she whispered in my earbook five. Was it like directly No, I think I yelled at you and I like cut you off <laughs> mid-sentence. Yeah, actually that's more accurate. So no cozy couch scenario no. where she just says, book five. No. 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 It's never happening in this marriage. Spoiler. But we need to get into Swamp Thing. Jonesy, what is this book, uh, book five about and who is the Swamp Thing? The Swamp Thing. You know, bio-restorative formula, guys, pretty tricky stuff. You throw it into a swamp with a burning man shouting for his beloved wife, and you make a, a earth elemental, and that's what the swamp thing is, the very embodiment of the power of the earth with the mental imprint of one Dr. Alec Holland. And we've read four amazing tomes, about not Alex's adventures in his swamp territory. And then we got in the elevator, hit the five button, and we're taken to the next level. Because I'm here to tell you, Swamp Thing Book 5 is bodacious. Bodacious. I'm going to bring that one back. Bodacious Book 5 of Swamp Thing. Uh, and the, the primo storyline is, you know, when we last... Uh, left, uh, poor Swampy. He was coming back from saving the universe. Uh, his dearest Abby Cable uh, has been slandered in the media for having relations with, you know, an Earth elemental swampy creature. And uh, she flees to Gotham City and, you know, is then arrested for crimes against uh, humanity. And crimes against nature. Nature. Yes, thank you. And then uh, I'll tell you what, uh, things get crazy from there. Swamp Thing single-handedly brings Gotham to its knees. And the only thing that can stop him is Batman. But can he stop him? <laughs> His yam knees. <laughs> <laughs> the most wonderful story that I never read but always should have. Swamp Thing, book five, with an ending so incredible, I ended book five and immediately started reading book six and finished wow. it in wow. one sitting. Spoilers. What? You finished book six? I did. I had to after book wow. five. Gosh. This is unprecedented in the history of this podcast. I mean, even earlier than I usually complete a book club, I just finished mm -hmm. it and next. Had to. You got the whole week free now. I mean, I, I, it was incredible. And I was like, Dale's probably right behind me. But Yeah. Oh, you know it. I'm right there. <laughs> just reading the Dale's next got, book club on my Dale's ride got the last work. 10 pages up in front of him right now. He's <laughs> paging through. I do. Spill my beer. Uh, amazing. Whatever. Amazing. I just can't. Uh, phew, man. I can't get over how stunning. Why was uh, book five your favorite of the run? I can't answer that. Thanks, thanks for being here. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so every like superhero has his wrath or whatever, but Swampy was like no other. I mean, like I don't get a lot of emotion from comic books, but I was terrified. <laughs> terrified of the swamp thing 
I peed a little. <laughs> That's I mean, a good way to put up, it. When he comes up through that floor. and oh, that, when um, he had the roses all over yes. him? Yes. Mm. Terrifying. <laughs> all right. See you later, guys. <laughs> you missed, uh, for the listening audience, <laughs> Namidi gave Slim the most offhand yet disgusted <laughs> look. I've ever seen a human being exchange with Listen, another. We're all friends here. Oh, gosh. We just saw so, a house. Everyone cool out. Yeah, and they're just, you know, they're high on that and still high on house fumes. Um, everything about this book is just, it's totally not anything that we've seen, bef- read before thus far in Swamp Thing. It's a completely different tone of book. It's love. And it's wrath because of love. It's not a superhero story. We're not saving anybody. It's just raw swamp thing just going completely crazy. Like the book, the first issue is just the way they make Abby feel for being in love with this creature. I mean, he, he Alan Moore just... He kind of like just hammers it home, like how you're just in her corner because it she she has just felt so alienated. She can't, nobody can look at her. Nobody wants to talk to her. She's getting like pornographic phone calls on her on her phone. Yeah, like and even like it was wanking, wanking. This was written so long ago, but like it's so timeless. Like the letters yeah. that she was getting. I mean, it would just be like anyone being berated on Twitter today. Just hate tweets and messages and death threats like it was awful yeah it was yeah you're right it was just it it just fits perfectly and this is like 1985 and the way she's just driven randomly to gotham city like she needs to just get out and needs to go somewhere and she ends up in gotham and gets picked up by a police officer like two hours after she gets there or something Awful scenario like that. They're probably just picking up hookers all over the place in Gotham City. (laughs) (laughs) And they hold her, and man, as soon as Swamp Thing kind of goes to her house and like puts the clues together about where she went, Mm -hmm. and he sees like the newspaper articles about what happened while he was in fighting hell. Oh man, there's just the the visual, the motion in the still art. Of him like silver bulleting to Gotham City from where he is, like traveling overland, underland, like using all everything in his powers, using the root systems and the ground to get where he's going. I mean, you feel the power and you feel the speed and the determination by what you see on the page and and obviously what you read. But man, he takes it to Gotham City and. I think Alan Moore does an incredible job of making Batman seem like a total buffoon (laughs) when it comes time to uh, face Swamp Thing. First of all, Batman arrives in like a super bat logger. Like it's got like treadmills and saw arms and like Mm -hmm. a big smokestack. So you're like, okay. I thought of that movie uh, Fern Gully. You guys remember that when we were kids? Where they had to fight the uh, tractor in the Amazon rainforest? But, you know, Batman is powerless to help anybody in Gotham when Swamp Thing is there. And then it feels like it takes him four issues to get to his argument that eventually allows for the spoilers uh, release of Abby from prison. 
And it's like, uh, so maybe he's not the world's greatest detective that he can't even come up with a debate in the like what feels like 30 years that Swamp Thing has taken the city to like madness levels of jungle intrigue. Right. And that the, the Bat, Batman character in this book is really interesting because I couldn't pinpoint what era of Batman this was because I know there was different eras of Batman wearing the blue suit like he was more animated and like he had more personality yeah which like, i yeah, guess more human or something yeah which i guess this version was when he had like the flamethrower and there was like eight swamp things surrounding him and he's like uh-oh like <laughs> it was so weird seeing batman say that and then it comes back again later um when batman is apologizing to abby and he's talking just like a regular dude he's like oh, you must hate me abby I'm so sorry about how this went down. Like, Batman, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, it was he so was odd. written like really oddly, but there was some really cool moments where Batman, you know, Swamp Thing demands that they release Abby in an hour or something like that. And Jonesy, you mentioned it felt like four issues, but there's just so much content in these issues that I think it was only like three issues that whole storyline, and it just felt like so it, thick. It was in an writing, shattering story. And yeah, just and Al Moore, sorry, Al Moore's prose when he describes the changes uh, that he's brought to Gotham when he talks about how he's used his influence over pheromones to bring it back to like a tribal hmm. like nature and half the, the population is scared, the other half is embracing it and running naked through the streets. Mm-hmm. Like the way he writes that is just, you could close your eyes and like just listen to his words and be taken to the same place. There was the one part finally where Batman realizes that he can't do anything to Swamp Thing to stop him from turning Gotham into a forest. He's like, why don't we just let her go? And yeah. got, even Gordon's like, what? What do you mean, surrender to this guy? He's just like destroying the city. And he eventually like meets up with the mayor and they eventually, you know, cooler heads prevail, so to speak. But it was interesting to see Batman just make these decisions while realizing that he has like zero power to stop something from just doing whatever he wants at that point. Yeah. It's so cool. Cause it's, he keeps referring to it as, you know, my city in Gotham, but he's for the first time, it seems like he's absolutely incredibly powerless to do anything. And then he starts with Jim Gordon. He like, they call up Washington, they give Washington a call and, but they start like making, um, like comparisons like hawk girl or hawk guy hawk man and their relationships like where does it end not he's superhuman but he's not just because he's a little less human looking than other beings on the superhuman scale you could kind of look at each one of these here you know heroes or or villains and and their relationships with other people could be looked at under uh, some sort of microscope and analyzed and they could be hated or berated. So they, so Al Moore did a good job of kind of like keeping it in universe in that sense. And they're like, well, okay, uh, you know, you might have a point there. Mm. Like maybe what, he does deserve love. Uh, at Dominity, what did you think of Batman in this book? Because you generally don't like any kind of mainstream superheroes in your books what did you think of the characterization of batman in this three issue arc yeah i'm not a big superhero person but i 
I I am caught up on or not caught up, but I did read the newer Batman series, starting with the Court of Owls. That was really good. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. he just kind of seemed like a minor character, just kind of whatever. I'll try and save the day, but there was really nothing that he could do, like mm-hmm. nothing that anyone could do. I screenshotted the uh, when Constantine was leaving the swamp. Uh, his last words before he figures out what's happening. The war is over. I am home at last. What could possibly anger me now? <laughs> oh, man. Poor Swampy. Oh, boy. And then, so, if for those that hadn't read, but, you know, they eventually do acquiesce to Swampy's demands, but in the shadows, Lex Luthor, Mr. Luthor, is working with this government agency to, to come up with a plan to destroy Swamp Thing. They think he's invul- invulnerable, but Luther comes up with this kind of mega gun that messes with Swamp Thing's frequency to allow him to jump into the green. And at the moment where, you know, pretty much the most joyous scene in the book up until this point where Abby and Swamp Thing are reunited and the town is like cheering our hippie friend from Sex Yam Past is there. Yeah. Char- He's Chester, traveled there. Charlton or Chester, <laughs> Chester, Chester, I think. Chester, Chester Charleston, I think his name was. <laughs> and uh, they they unite, and then as that happens, someone fires this gun at Swamp Thing, and he's unable to transfer into the green and is incinerated by napalm and then, is killed. Yeah, then they napalm him. What? And it's the uh, the... People, well, I, I think you're led to believe it's the people from the Sunderland Corporation, right? Who was uh, who he, who Swamp Thing cornered the old man Sunderland in issue twenty one, when uh, you know they bombed him in the heck, and he had uh, Swamp Thing in a little chest freezer, dead, and that's when Swamp Thing realizes he's not Alec Holland anymore. He's plant life. Oh man. <laughs> they they napalm Swamp Thing. You you're not coming back from napalm. I mean, mad. I mean, you should know. You've watched all the Vietnam and HD movies. You're you've got like a PhD in napalm at this point. Napalm is some wicked stuff. It's like jelly that burns. It jelly that sticks to you and it burns. It doesn't stop burning, like wildfire. If you're familiar with the, you know, Westeros. Was this a scene where you, was there any tears during this issue? Or was this no. later in the uh, in the series? Did I say I cried? I can't remember. I don't think I cried. <laughs> T eight hundred over here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. no, I was. This was the first time I was definitely like shocked at like how could that happen? I mean, you know, obviously the main character is going to come back, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, and you like you saw it coming, but you didn't at the same time. They're like running towards each other's oh, arms. And then he's on fire thinking about how when he was Alec Holland running mm. to the swamp on fire. And he's like reliving the same experience as the swamp thing. Oh, gosh. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> and it's crazy because we mentioned it before about how the entire run is like a love story. And it's about how strong love is. And he journeyed into hell to save Abby. He was on the brink of destroying Gotham to be reunited. And now he's dead. And then there's still another volume 
afterward about you know what happens next mm. for for this couple. Spoilers, it's amazing. <laughs> and what and what Amanda was just saying about you know you know they come back because it's a comic and you do but the the issue mostly the not the issue immediately after that's more like a like a horror issue but the issue where it's um swamp things kind of like funeral presentation or is you know is memorial i mean the the stuff that she's thinking about and the way that alan mm. moore wrote this is like these are all feelings that everybody has to have when somebody close to them passes away. I mean, but it's like, because she's the stuff I read in her, that was going through her head was like, man, this is real stuff. This is like what somebody thinks about, especially zoned out during a a funeral or, you know, when somebody's like trying to pat them on the back and reassure them. Like these are all beautiful words that, she was having those like daydreams, like like she was in the swamp and she went to go see him. She was coming back from her job and Swamp Thing was like resting under a tree and she goes over and she's just talking about her day just on and on and she's like, I'm sorry, I know you like it quiet. Like I just, you know, I come and unload all my feelings and then she's like, let me hug you. And then she goes to hug him and he just kind of like collapses and like melts in her arms. And she's like, oh, my God, you're dead. Like, what's going on? And then he like comes out from the shadows and he's like, sorry, I, you know, left one of my bodies there. Like first, ew, gross. <laughs> but second, yeah, there's a husk. I just yeah. left it. There's, he's like, there's probably a lot of them. <laughs> in the but the, but when he starts crumbling apart, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, like, she's like, promise me that you will never die, ever. And he's like, I promise. And then she, like, snacks, snaps back to the funeral. I saw, yeah. And then she goes on about how, um, you know, like, he saved the world. He was there and when, you know, the Justice League couldn't do it. And, and Superman has, you know, needed his help. And none of them showed up to his funeral. Except yeah. Batman. Except only, Batman and Constantine. Only Batman in the daytime. <laughs> yeah, only <laughs> this one creepo, creepo 1980s Batman who is <laughs> weepy at this funeral. And I will point out, I did think it was strange how they built a monument to <laughs> yeah. the swamp creature who almost destroyed the city of Gotham. I, I, I feel like that's that a was that's a, a little a too much. Yeah, and it's not in his hometown of Huma, Louisiana. It's in Gotham City. Right, like Gordon and both Gordon and Batman are like so- almost near sobbing into each other's shoulders at Swamp Thing's funeral <laughs> about the events that have transpired. I thought, like, obviously number two book of all time in my book, but still that, that scene was like, it must have been a part of the 80s. And like, it's just a Batman and Commissioner Gordon that I just don't, I don't know more about, but they were really... Thankfully. Uh, Thankfully. I mean, more about he, <laughs> he kind of saved it, like Batman maybe kind of saved it by saying you know he really brought gotham to his knees i had the utmost respect for him and maybe he does deserve a statue here but he really did almost kill every one of us <laughs> like that's the bitter truth of what swamp thing did to gotham city let's memorialize him i did i still i met him three times abby i respect him he almost killed me with almost, like eight of himself right but <laughs> God love him. He was a God love he him. Was, he was a great guy. Guy had gumption. You couldn't <laughs> deny it. Yeah. 
yeah that that was maybe the the most 80s-ish part but still mm-hmm. if i mean it fits like i guess it fits how about the issue which was or the same issue you're talking about but I think it was that one or maybe the one after that where she is at home and ba- even Batman's words were to like kind of move on almost. Yeah, and it was like a time heals all wounds. Because get uh, yeah. that works <laughs> he for Batman has. so well. <laughs> yeah, he obviously takes those to heart, those statements. And she goes home and she meets up with a character that I feel like we missed out on because, I mean, I personally haven't read the first 20 issues of saga the swamp thing which weren't all alan moore and i feel like this was a character that came from that era the the wife of someone involved with the sunderland corporation weren't liz and dennis the ones in that first volume who were friends with alec and abby and they like when sunderland was like trying to capture swamp thing like they blew up that building i mean that's Mm -hmm. what i mean i didn't read no you read that part though that's in volume one. Of the of this? Yes. Of the Alan Moore run? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I read the, uh, I guess, the foreword by Stephen Bissett, and he mentions that these characters appeared before Alan Moore took over, but then Alan Moore felt like he had to do something with them in, in like, the first or second issue he wrote, or the first arc he wrote, and then he kind of, like, left them. He didn't feel like, like they weren't his characters to write, but I think... The in the issue where they show up again, Steve Bissett said that Al Moore was having like terrible writer's block and he needed something, hmm. so he like brought them characters back again. Yeah, it was a weird. I don't know. It was a, it was an interesting placement of that little one shot story. I felt like it was like almost a placeholder before the big reveal. Yeah, it was. I think. I mean, I I think it may have worked equally as well if they were just two new characters somehow worked into the story, mm-hmm. because it was ba- it was basically like this: the husband just keeping the wife down and keeping her locked up indoors for two years on the threat that everything will kill her, and she's basically been brainwashed. She's apparently a published writer and has smarts, but is completely put down and. She like ventures out to find Abby. She gets enough. She like puts oven mitts on and rubber gloves to plug in a TV. Like she's that scared of everything. And, and I she... guess it did serve its purpose, which was to show kind of the antithesis of what Abby and Swampy had, and how yeah, yeah that's true. Equally as strong Abby is, even without Swamp Thing around. And I guess it did that's serve its ultimate purpose. Yeah, I, I get th- that when I read it. Yeah, I think it was cool by the end of the issue. It kind of showed, like, Abby's like, wow, I'm kind of really kind of ready to, I can Move do this. Almost, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really cool. When she's like, I possess even more knowledge about the swamp now. You know, I could punch a snake in the head if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> she had to. Amazing. So what, did, what about the reveal, Dale underscore A, uh, the last issue? that showed Swamp Thing in this blue planet, this blue thing that he has transported himself. He jettisoned himself as, as anywhere that he could, and now yeah. he's on another planet. My my feelings were it was all based around love and wow. Like, he was able to tap into some wire 
some invisible wire that's connected to him and he jettisoned himself out into space that on a planet that has plant life and can support something. So it's not our solar system per se, not that we know of, but he was able to freaking get himself somewhere and regrow himself on this planet. And he, you know, he's using all, all these blue, it's all blue material from, from, you know, sapphire looking stuff. But I was like, holy crap, that's, that's the power of love. Like boiled down. I'm like, this guy did what he needed to do to get himself, to keep himself alive. It was, I thought it was pretty remarkable. And cool, and also cool how he was able to, you know, to kind of like learn to manipulate his new surroundings. He's been there for like mm. a month. Then he kind of starts going crazy and insane. Oh my gosh, how bad did you feel for him? <sighs> no. So he like creates different versions of himself at first and he like picks up all these empty snail shells and rocks and like tries to make a chess game to play with himself and every game ends in a stalemate and he plays like five six seven games until he's like Mm -hmm. i can't do this anymore (laughs) and then he's like he knows it's crazy and he knows that he shouldn't do it but he go ahead he goes ahead and he creates himself but makes him look like abby And, like, animates her and tries to speak like her and tries to move like her just for Mm. companionship. And then that wasn't enough. He had to create a whole town. And then that wasn't enough. He had to create other people that he plucked from from Earth that he knew. He made a Mm -hmm. Constantine and he made a whole town and Matt Cable and crazy. Yeah, and then he's... And, like, the, the... It was the little stuff, his word choices and stuff, but he was... He's like, Abby and I sat down for a meal and I ate like bee husk or something. And <laughs> like, sh- Abby didn't eat anything because it would ru- ruin the alu. And then he stopped himself. He's like, it's not in her diet. Yeah. He's like, oh man, you're <laughs> <Yeah>. going <laughs> overboard, man. Yeah, he was there for like a month or longer just alone on this planet. And one of my favorite parts was when he first created the other Swamp Thing he could see what they saw. Like they're still, he's still a part of his consciousness. So they showed like a panel of what it looked like for a swamp, like to like you to look at yourself and then the other person, what they see, it was like a mirror in front of a mirror type thing. And they tried their best to draw that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, God, I wonder what that must feel like to create another version of you. And then also experience everything they experienced sim- simultaneously. And it was like, but like super from, strange, but like from the opposite angle, because mm-hmm. you're facing that, yeah, it was it was really strange how they. I mean, there, they did a half decent job too. There were some great pieces of writing in the pages where it was very long panels, like four panels, but they were just very long, straight down. Where the Swamp Thing was talking about the blueness of this world that he was living in, and all of these little kind of soliloquies came back to a great like closing line. And my favorite one was when he talked about just the blues, like the one mm-hmm. ended in he, like he was experiencing the blues. I was like, of course, that's so perfect. <laughs> I just chuckled to myself and laughed. Brilliant. It was it's so brilliant, great. Alan. <laughs> but that one, yeah, the, I, this was one of my favorite issues. And I don't know, Amanda, I think, her opinion shifts a little bit on the next volume, but I loved how spoilers. The uh, I, I loved how he was able, like the creative team 
was able to just do an entire issue of Swamp Thing's thoughts on this other planet. I don't think you could I don't completely think any, by himself. Yeah, like for thir- like thirty pages. I don't think you do that really anymore in monthly comics today. Yeah, I was. I actually had a th- like. I was like, this is the loudest silent issue mm-hmm. there is because it really is kind of a silent issue. Even though there are a ton of words in the book, you can still you still get the feeling that you know in space no one can hear you scream. Like there's complete absolute silence in space, and even though you're reading pages of dialogue you still get the sensation that he's alone and whether it's because of the color choices or the panel layouts or the uh, the 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 choice of what he's looking at or, or something but you just still feel so alone and quiet even though you're reading all this dialogue it's because he doesn't open his mouth he doesn't speak in the book it's it's really it's remarkable how about when he punches that Abby in the face and rips her head off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's breaking up. Yeah. And then later also, in the issue, the Abby head is just kind of just floating there. around the background. Okay. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine discovering that planet and just walking upon oh this, God. like, severed, weird head of a woman and, like, a melting Oh, my God, there's town. been a genocide it, here. <laughs> and then it rained, and then, like, so all the figures that he created started, like, sprouting flowers oh, and like yeah, morphing boy. together like it was so morbid and creepy what and she's like, like he's like linda holland grew a chrysanthemum out of her <laughs> face like a tumor because <laughs> it was raining on her <laughs> i wonder if they did like because they like made out i think in that yeah in that issue so i wonder what that felt like you're just making out with yourself and yeah. miscellaneous other things it's an interesting yeah. thought <laughs> <laughs> be husk things like this but yeah the the next volume gets way trippy and it's alan moore you know and as moorish going crazy because as you would imagine it's it becomes kind of a space journey for swamp thing at this point you know does can he get home to see abby is that possible and what other you know locales does he get to there are some just absolutely crazy issues in that run that just will blow your face off. The first issue was probably the most Alan Moore book I've ever read in my entire life. My word. Save it for the show. I'll cover that. Save it. Any other thoughts on book five? Amanda's favorite. Your all-time favorite? All-time favorite. Wow. There you go. Yeah, I think it might be, you know, using Amanda's Goodreads, it's definitely five stars, but it might be Maybe because it's so recent for me, but it might be my favorite of the Swamp Thing run as well. It's, yes. I mean, it's so good. Guys, you got, I plead, I beg you to please read this run. I think this one also had the, where he was reading the newspaper, one of my favorite panels. I think you only really saw like his red eyes and his grinding teeth when he was like just exploding everything when he read that newspaper some amazing panels. I mean, even the splash where he comes out of the floor, like oh you were talking gosh. about. Yeah, he's the roses. I mean, he's charging towards Gotham for like three quarters or an entire issue. <laughs> and the way Alan Moore like just paints rage, he's like dogs are barking, and everything's going nuts because of this. Oh, I screenshot. Let me get. Let me pull up a screenshot. I took a screenshot. It's that good. Also, the 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 final showdown where he sets the time frame for them to release Abby. He's walking around like, you know, the size of like a hundred trees <laughs> through Gotham City. He's and he's like just a skeleton because he can only like 
support so much weight. <laughs> yeah, this is this is right when he's uh, the beginning of the issue. But fog slakes the fever of the bayous, drifting like cold music between the trees. Leaves are hanging like dead notes on the wind's invisible stave. The swamp god is coming, bodiless through the night. I just got chills when I said the swamp god is coming. <laughs> I mean, it is, and just the visuals, oh, God, the whole issue is just when he's rampaging. I'm surprised Jonesy's withholding comments from book six. I'm very proud right now. I, you know, I could go on about book six six and sick. Was that a (laughs) boarding slip, maybe? Uh, But I'm going to, I'm going to dial it back because I think we need to explore together as friends. The only thing I'll say is that Amanda does have a framed final issue of Alan Moore's run. Mm. What? Do you? I do. It's in a box somewhere. Like a, the it. real issue? Yeah. Or is it like a like print? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's an actual issue. It's not like a print of the cover or anything. No, no, no. It's, no, no, it's the an actual, actual issue. issue. Oh, that's so cool. There you have it. Any other any other points that we missed on at an amenity that oh. we need to address? I don't think so. You okay? You holding up? Wiping right. your eye right now. It's a big moment for us. We're witnessing emotion. <laughs> Why do you cry? <laughs> Saga of the Swamp Thing book five. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Just in peace, buddy. Letters at paperkeg.com. You want to write us a letter, we might read it on the era. Our first letter. Dear friend of the show, uh, really been tearing up the paper keg wire, uh, which we welcome. Sure. Uh, and that's at Irrational Beers on the Twitter. And he says to us, uh, Salutations again. Just got done listening to your most recent show. I noticed many wrestling references, including a Scotty Too Hottie comment. Ugh, he says. Uh, But not a single word to properly send off one of the greatest villains in WWE, Rowdy Roddy Piper. As penance, you must each watch They Live Twice and chug a beer when he uses the iconic line, I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Here's to one of the best mullets in the business. And don't forget... Less than two months till we are tipping pints and chewing sex jams in crab country. <laughs> Once again, it's Irrational Beers on Twitter. Oh, boy. I think, um, actually, I think we had recorded this before. Yeah. We found, we heard the news of his passing, but I'm not sure if it would have come up or not. We are, I mean, if unless the news happens one minute before we hit record, <laughs> everything else goes out the window. <laughs> But yeah, very sad. Poor Roddy. Yeah, it was very. I was actually watching a, you know, WWE Network original earlier, Table of Three, starring Gene Okerlund, Paul Orndorff, and Roddy Piper eating breakfast in some restaurant and just uh, exchanging stories. Half the show were stories about when they took a crap in a bag to pull a joke on somebody. That's a lot of. Crap in one bag. You were probably taking copious <laughs> notes. <laughs> yeah, when are you coming over, Jonesy? Just <laughs> <laughs> <things ready. laughs> 
Speaking of the, uh, before we move on to the next letters, I had a little uh, Scotty Too Hotty, our friend Scotty Young, searching for his internet moniker. I had some proposals. Uh-oh, here we go. Scotty LDP Young. LDP, friend uh, friend of the show, Lou Diamond Phillips. Scotty Young, Young Guns. Lou Diamond Phillips is a ca- in the cast, Young Guns. I love Young Guns. Oh, my God. Scotty, Scotty Scurlock guns. Young. Or Sutherland. Scotty Sutherland Young. That's what, I mean, we could go that route. Turn it I think into half something. The, half the nicknames are involving are young, gun young guns <laughs> movie characters. Oh, yeah. that's a, any, Well, that's Emil- my whole basis. No, oh, okay. I don't have I anything miss- else. What about Emilio Estevez? Can we weasel him in somehow? What Scotty Emilio Estevez Young. That might work. <laughs> that might work. He I, works. W- men at work. You know. <laughs> he works. Scotty Young works. I love Young Guns. <laughs> young Guns. That could be my favorite one. <laughs> so. He's upset because Hickmania could be one of my greatest names ever. I don't know if and that'll be ever be topped. And he's jealous as well as should be. Sure. I mean, that's a great name. It's a great name. I mean, Hickman just lends itself to names. Hickmensha. You know? Mm-hmm. We've all got a case of that. Read an issue of uh, The End is the Beginning is the End. Avengers. Jo- Jonathan Dermot Mulroney Hickman, obviously, in uh, Young Guns. He's, that's a great one. I remember that character because he was always chewing that tobacco. and He was really annoying, yeah. and I think that's the guy that got shot in the knees. Maybe. Dirty Steve Stevens was his... Uh, yeah. God, that guy was scum. <laughs> uh, next, anyway, next letter. We're having fun here. Is our, uh, is our tome, our encyclopedic tome writer Gary Anchetta who we thank because man when he t- he must just have so much going through his head after he listens to us putzes listen to, and not throwing yeah. like any giving him any knowledge or anything he's like where's the information mm-hmm. uh, some things to point out in Swamp Thing volumes 3 and 4 the horror issues of volume 3 is Alan Moore specifically tackling the Universal Pictures monsters he takes these American icons and morphs them into modern 80s British horror which as always which is always about political moral and social issues especially in the time of the Thatcher the crossover issue with crisis is just so weird i love how it's sort of trippy it is and how much the the issue shifts the focus of swamp thing story from a horror story to an adventure story if you really like the single issues of swamp thing i'd like to suggest the dc universe colon the stories of alan moore they collect all of the odds and ends of Alan Moore's single issues that he did in the DCU during his Swamp Thing time. Actually, really would like to seek that out. The Boogeyman, Matt Cable, and all of these obscure Alan Moore characters show up in the first few books of Sandman. The Boogeyman especially comes into his own in one of the Sandman stories where you realize that he shouldn't be in the Sandman issue and that he becomes part of the big reveal. I don't believe Neil Gaiman was purposely ripping off Alan Moore, but rather you realize that Neil Gaiman was meant to continue Swamp Thing after the Tom Vetch run, but decided to remake the Sandman, remake the Sandman character instead in deference to Alan Moore leaving DC. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is the Boogeyman character the one from the diner issue? That's that's immediately what I thought the about Hoogerman. too. Oh my god, the worst, the most frightening comic book I've ever read right? in my life. 
it, it that might was the be. boogeyman. Because they didn't show his face in this one. No, thing, no, but. no. Wait. I thought the boogie was the boogeyman the serial the one with the eyes. That's in Swamp Thing. Oh. No, Who was no, the, the remember the, like the weird monkey skeleton looking dude from the diner issue? He was like all aged. He got like oh. Remember that girl yeah, like yeah, gave yeah. him a ride, and then he ended up. Like, that book is just that <laughs> yeah, book but maybe makes the, me sad. Maybe the boogeyman. You're right. Maybe he was at that like serial killer convention. Oh, maybe. maybe. Oh, that's right. The serial convention. I'm spelled too scared. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, my psyche isn't ready to ever read those issues again. <laughs> maybe I should read <laughs> The shadow creature fight is one of the defining issues of how people interpret Swamp Thing down the line. Most of the writers that come after Alan Moore attempt to approach these questions of good and evil. Miller approaches the Swamp Thing as nature versus humanity. Brian K. Vaughn approaches his run as an adolescent coming to terms of good and evil. Thanks for your show. I appreciate the nickname, and I can't wait for you, for you guys to reach the final issues. One more thing. The War in Heaven is one of the cornerstone, cornerstones of my comic book reading. I didn't read the issue until 1999, but before then, I knew of the, I knew of the issue because all of the shout-outs to that particular issue. The death of Satara becomes a running theme every time we see Zatanna, where she questions a lot about her own life and experiences based based the sacrifice of her father for her for her own life. Mento was a regular in the Teen Titans, and this leads him to go insane and form evil supervillain teams, and eventually taking over the DCU internet. Check that out. John Constantine, Constantine Hellraiser comes directly out of the events in this issue, where this issue where his suits become rumpled and his trench coats become nastier in ever in a very post-traumatic stress disorder sort of way. And now, every time DC has an insane crisis, these magical me- beings meet and try to find a way, a mystical way, to stop the events from happening that are a variation of Link's hands and having a seance. Th- that seance is like a Rosetta Stone for every mystical DC story to come out from crisis, with the survivors always mentioning the war in heaven as the reason why they're messed up. Wow. And check Anchetopedia. Anchetopedia. <laughs> I don't know. I tried. I mean, I, I, I blew my wad with Scotty Young tonight. <laughs> Anchetta Estevez. Ace was the nickname he was referencing. Great nickname. Yeah, that's a great nickname. I'm glad you remembered that. Cause I, remember that. <laughs> I was wondering why you didn't call him Ace. That explains it. I, uh, I have the pleasure of maybe reading Paper Keg's shortest letter ever since I, uh, in the distant past, read the longest letter ever to some you 2 So I'll just keep it brief. Matt Double H writes in, best seance ever. <laughs> Not according to anyone in that seance. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. A lot of people died in that. Imagine, Imagine having to hold on to that crispy burnt hand Ew. of a corpse Oof. during that seance. And still channel Ooh. energies through it. Ugh. <sighs> About your your own father's dead hand. Well, yeah, yeah that's bad too. I'd that's, pro- I'd probably be that's bad smelling too. my fingers for three days after that seance. <laughs> I would be nonstop smelling my own fingers. <laughs> and that still smell of, like charred That's part corpse? of my yes. psyche. That's part of me. That is quite a psyche. What a show! Tell I, I'll uh, I'll tackle this last letter oh, under the wires. Sh- Did a lot of reading. Uh, our final letter Thanks. from. Dear friend of the show, under an anchor, he goes by. Wow. 
And he writes in, I never thought I'd say this, but I really missed the lightning round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't been visiting the local shop as much lately, and as a result, I have missed out on some cool books. The lightning round, a.k.a. everybody's favorite segment, always helped uh, keep me in the loop. Maybe a... Oh, sorry, I'll wait. In two sentences or less, can you guys tell me what I should be reading and give me a reason to get my butt back in the local shop? Love you, babes. I was going to say, maybe when Amanda launches her Top Secret Comics <laughs> podcast, it can be called The Lightning Round, and it'll just be Lightning Rounds of Books. That's Perfect. like the worst segment ever. <laughs> I think I think Undernaker is the only one that liked that, oh my gosh. that round. We, oh, didn't get any, we didn't get any other feedback. I think Undernaker was the only one that asked for The Lightning Round to come back. Correct me if I'm not incorrect. That would be the first time you'd be corrected on the show, if that's the case. <laughs> So what what should he be reading right now? Nimidity. Under an anchor, <laughs> Sean Terrence Stamp Miller. <laughs> Big young gun. I think reading amongst the three regular hosts has screeched to a halt. I don't oh, think Dale boy. or Gen Z can recommend a book right now because they're not reading anything else. I agree. I've, I, I would was, also concur yeah. with that. Yes. I mean, I was... I can't believe Under an Anchor would kind of bring that up you know but yes i and i knew it would happen i knew it would happen and here we are i haven't read a new issue of a comic in a month wow wow breaking news it's bad i uh i've started the dale trend of throwing a bunch of money into a pit which uh is also <laughs> like reading comics you'll never read and they keep getting downloaded but i don't keep reading them Jensi, so. i recommended uh strange fruit did you read that no but let me download it now and never read oh, it. Oh, boy. You said you're... I was like mm-hmm. halfway through and you're like, it's downloaded. <laughs> it went to the it pile. It was like a month ago. Hold on, I'm in, the, I'm in the comics app. We'll see if I'm lying or not. Yeah, I like that issue. Strange Jack Palance fruit. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> We're referring to... Yeah. Strange fruit is good. I like Broken World mm. from Frank Barberi. Ooh. I've heard good things about that. That is a book. He he did ask for the pitch. So it is, you know, there's a meteor coming to Earth, and you don't get on the ship that leaves Earth with all the socially accepted people. So they leave the planet, but the meteor misses Earth. What happens next? What issue is Also, your husband and son were on the rocket that left Earth, and you're now alone. It's probably like... uh... What's that place called in Jamaica? Hedonism. It's probably hedonism down there on Earth. Come on. It's like the the negative group you know, when the swamp creature took over Gotham. They're all up naked doing whatever they want. Yeah. That's what's happening right there. Sexy yamming it up. <laughs> Young gunning it up, as they would say. You know, <laughs> Shooting each other's knees out. <laughs> Having tobacco in the corner of your mouth. Air Boy is another one you should be reading. Uh, that's also in my... Here are my unread books. Downloaded on Red. Daredevil 17, Strange Fruit, number one, Airboy, number one, Batman 42, Archie, issue one, mm-hmm. Daredevil 16. Great Great. Oh, gosh. I'm further ahead in Daredevil than you are? I know. What a War disgrace. Stories. It's, uh, I've been reading none of this. Terrible. Terrible human being. Wow. The Punisher 17, Kanan, issue one. I don't know what that is, but I... Apparently I downloaded it. <laughs> Maybe you don't need comics under an anchor. Maybe, you know, we're doing fine without them. 
You know? Maybe I'll Go just buy catch a bike. up. Go ride your bike instead of reading comics. Go buy Contact a scat Janet pack. Purefix. <laughs> Janet Purefix will hound you until you buy a bike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever anything else. That you talk about on your more famous podcast. Right. You're much more famous. Listen. Mad let's duckets. keep the mood up here. Let's <laughs> keep it high. Okay? I don't have anything to recommend. Right. I, honestly, I don't remember. You know? I read so many books that... Check out that other podcast. <laughs> At Slim Terry O'Quinn Kalowski. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. I'll tell you what. Deadly Class. Got my hair, it's getting a little out of hand. My God. Deadly Class, officially my number one book being published right now. Wow. Wow. Officially. As of uh, this last issue or overall, you realize? The the second or third trade was when I realized it because I was late to it. I was waiting for trades. Fear Agent is like your... The same thing as Deadly Fear Agent (laughs) is your adult life and the problems that happen. And how you deal with them, with drugs and alcohol. Well, actually, mm-hmm. just alcohol. Deadly Class is like your youth and what goes wrong and how you deal with it with drugs. Oh, alcohol. God. And weeping. then low is how you deal with life when you're a woman and everything goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Slash parent. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's got all them. He's got your life cornered, really. <laughs> if you go through something at various points of your life, there is a Rick Remender book for you that you will connect with. You'd say that's punk report. rock, man. That's punk rock. It is. It really is. Yeah, yeah wrap bought, this up here. We should do a deadly class for the show because oh. I bought the first trade. Pause <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <Ball is> editing. <laughs> first two trades. Was this the second volume out? I think it is. Yeah, I think the third volume it might actually be out. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> There was one episode where Jonesy did that like 20 times while I was editing. I was like, oh, my God. I think I had just come back from a work drinking event, and that's basically the one. Was that when you are wearing your work polo and you were like, oh, your yeah. work logo was on it? No, not my. Nope. That never happened. <laughs> the video is not viewable anymore, so it's okay. You can say it was. Perfect. Oh boy! You do that one more time on a live video, you might not be able to afford that sixty thousand dollar challenger. You know what? I'm about to burn my clothes at all so I can afford that challenger. How's that suburban they bought? It's pretty great. I love it. What a show! Great show! Great show, guys! Saturday night. This is what it's all about. Mm. Guys, I'll be over in like ten minutes. We'll have a beer. Gosh, might be time for me to get back into Batman tonight. Oh man, Tell we should talk what. about that in the fireside, huh? Oh uh, god, I haven't played it in like three weeks, so I don't have any updates. You, Dale's probably leapfrogged me. You really haven't played it since before you left. Yeah, you buy a house, yeah, you know, your life changes. Yeah, man, that's what they say. Or you go to California, and your life changes. Go to California again. Until next, next week, the end of Saga the Swamp Thing. Be there. Is that the end of the summer of Alan Moore? Could it be? Or is it? Never know, is it?
gifter. Hairdo look like. Yes, I agree. Now you look like a Dilophosaurus. But before that, <laughs> that was a the, poodle. You had the hair of either Robert Downey Jr. or the other guy from Weird Science. <laughs> Can't remember which. Hey, what this dehumidifier has zero support, zero yeah, back how's support. Your, how's your butt feel right now? It hurts. What's your, perc- What's your percentage in uh, Dark Knight, Dale? Main story and overall. Overall percentage, maybe 65%. Ugh. Main story, I'm close. I am. <laughs> Without getting too crazy, because I don't want to spoil it for you, I am locked on uh, Miyagani Island in search of... Uh, well, actually, I no, I, I am I am in direct head to head, trying Combat. to bring down the Arkham Knight as we speak. Oh, I turned it off God. last night. And Jonesy, yeah, Jonesy's been finished for well, three we'll months. Wait. We should wait. Oh. Jonesy, what? I was just gonna I was just gonna say something about your. But it's okay. What? What? Guys, I can't say anymore. Couple, it's, give me okay. a, like a week, please. Yeah, I will. It's fine. God, it's fine. I just said it's fine. <laughs> Good yeah. game. I can't wait to be done with it. I will not be going back. I was for a second there. I'm like, man, maybe I, maybe this could be the game. Like, I could hundred percent because like it's very like Assassin's Creed kind of like methodical. But I screw it, man. I can't do it. And if you want me to you get past the third level of the Azrael, forget it. I can't combat at all. I'm worthless. Are you using the electric gun? I feel like you're not using the electric gun. I'm enough. using the electric gun. I'm I'm uh, I'm using every I'm button mashing this thing. <laughs> using a dialing. I'm wand. lucky. I am lucky to have beat the second Azrael challenge. There's no way I'm beating the third. The first no one way. was like nothing. What's the second one like? The right? second Isn't, one. The first one was just him on the roof. Yeah, the second one was uh, maybe dudes with weapons, maybe. The third one, that... dude, the guys have shields and electric and katanas. Oh. I can't do, I can't not get hit. I mean, I'm always getting hit. Doesn't the um, grappling gun disable the guys with the shocks? It like, does. you shoot them with that. Have you tried picking up a weapon that they dropped? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you tried combat <laughs> with these people? I'm sorry, I'm just not as good. Right? Is that what you want to hear? No, I just don't want to hear good. that at all. Why would just I want to hear that? We'll get through this. Amazing game. Just a tip for anybody who's listening. You do not need to complete any of the regular missions to finish the game <laughs> and get a good ending. Because I did not. I skipped the Riddler storyline altogether. I yeah. I finished. I, like I completely I finished his. But now he is like, this is, it's spo- you know, spoilers or not. I freed Catwoman, but she he like... Pusses out and sinks under the floor. He's like, I'm not going to fight you until you collect all my trophies. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to collect all your trophies. So you stay down there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't the really. 
I have no desire to go do a Riddler or anything. You spend so much money on this game. Why would you not want to play like every single aspect of it? Some of them just aren't exciting. Like Riddler's... Super Riddler is like one of the ten storylines and all his stuff or like drive your car around. And this is and the do fourth time we've seen it. You know what I mean? Divinity? Well, I, not for me. This is the first Batman. I'm game trying that to, I bought trying from to this. give you a shovel here, bud. Come on. <laughs> but I, mean, the, I feel but like the, I've put in enough hours where it has already warranted the sixty bucks that we paid for it. Yeah. There you go. It's time to get something else now. No. It's not crazy. Yeah, I mean but the but the riddler challenges I did but I'm not like some trophies you have to spend 10 15 20 minutes to try to get just this dumb trophy and there's like 230 of them out there in Gotham. No way, Jose. No way. <laughs> Jose. So I got I got um Firebug, I got Two-Face, I got Penguin. Did so you I, finish the, those? The, yeah, I finished those. Wow. The hardest part in actuality is just trying to find clues to where to find the firemen and the dead bodies because the Gotham copters aren't speaking up enough. Dale, once you get past the biggest chunk of the story, uh, you'll get intel about every 10 minutes on the firemen. So yeah. I didn't have to, like, I didn't do contextual clues anymore. That's almost impossible. I think there's like, I think totally there's like 11 firemen you need to find. There's like 17. Is there 17? Mm-hmm. It's, a lot of it's been so long since I completed the game, you know? Jeez. Yeah, I, I, so they start, I noticed, and I, and I have all the islands free, but the the problem is now where I'm at in the main story, I can't get to one of the islands. The bridge is back up, so. I will I will say that the Arkham Knight segments of Paper Cake are Amanda's least favorite. And you talk about it every time I'm on. <laughs> it's like you know. Uh, we just got a live tweet from Karate Chop asking, "Did we do the two face missions? Uh, I completed them. The bank robbery mission sounds like Dale has. Yes, Slim, you're. you're... I've done uh, three or four of them. I, I thought it was weird that all the banks are like identical. They couldn't have designed different banks in Gotham. I, aren't they? Or maybe I've just done the same banks several times. They're similar, but they, you know they're all the Bank of Gotham. They were probably all built around the same time. <laughs> like yeah, even the cutscene was like the truck busts in, and I was like, "Didn't I already?" I mean, do they this probably bank? used the same contracting company. It was probably yeah. You know, at well, that you know time. who that was. I think that was the grandfather Wayne. And if you act, Pappy, a real Pappy Wayne. The real story is, I think that one of the Waynes built Gotham. If you go back in the lineage, did you see, was, did you notice that in Swamp Thing? By the way, like. There was some rando gold miner who founded Gotham. There was a statue to him. No. The founder of Gotham. Yeah, so they like retro, they retconned that recently. They probably replaced it with Swamp Thing, that statue. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Guy was more honorable than the coal miner that founded Gotham. Yeah. Yeah, I was, <laughs> the Two-Face missions. was crying over that one, too. The Two-Face missions, I was thankful because there was only four of them. Oh. Well, so. I'm almost on that one. I mean, it looks so nonplussed. To be even, she's in this like sinking deeper into her de- dehumidifier box. <laughs> like, oh, I have a fuzzy on my arm. Let me take care of that situation while these guys talk. The hair it was a stray hair. What game would you play late at night on Xbox? At the movie? Idarb. Mm, Idarb, love me some Idarb. Your thoughts on the uh, Gears of War Ultimate Edition coming in, <laughs> in a couple of weeks, Amanda? Please. Well, no, 
don't look at me. I don't know what you're talking you about. Yeah, you don't have to answer. It's like a different language. This is like what the podcast podcast used to sound like when I would listen every now and then before I was reading. <laughs> I have no idea what you were talking about. We're gonna start a gaming podcast next, <laughs> so you can record once a year. Just kidding. That's not. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe we should officially retire the other podcasts. Is that what you want? Uh. The numbers guy isn't going to be too pleased. Oh, that Spider-Man. numbers guy. Yeah. <laughs> Spider, <laughs> Spider-Man always tweets at my man and I and just screenshots the Tech Smoke <laughs> iTunes feed. <laughs> He's waiting right now. He's he probably is. hoping you guys are going to record after this. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys had the equipment out. I mean, you might as well just get it done, right? Thanks, Jonesy. No problem. Happy to help. Similarly, you guys could also do a book job right now. We could also right do it. Yeah, exactly. My, or I, a flap, I have, for that matter. I have I'm read. waiting for a flap. I have, we should all flap right now, all four of us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut it. Cut the paper cake feet. We get yeah. a flap done. I mean. I can uh, talk about how. I can play chicken was... with the best of them, the minini. So. All right. If you want to get a little flappish real quick, because who knows when that'll be recorded next. I was pooping. <laughs> while i was pooping you know my legs like I'm, I'm like i'm just like itching my leg i get a little itch on my leg find a tick embedded in my calf <laughs> while pooping you want to talk about the longest poop ever i mean as i'm pooping this tick is just burying itself deeper and deeper oh. sucking and i was like what do i do do i do i cut the poop short <laughs> to, to remove the tick do I, do I have to I mean I had to wait did you do the you old uh, it's all said that I finished pooping I finished pooping and then I I took care of the tick what did you do to take care of it you know I got I got pooped on into it? the the most uncomfortable position ever I look like some sort of yoga instructor but I just used <laughs> the old tweezers plucked it directly out nice you sure you got both the head and the body yeah I got it I really got in there Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's so foul. Hashtag the flap. Well, that's got to happen every day where you live. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the bad. wilderness. I have a lot of ticks around. It's like wayward pines. <laughs> Amazing end to the show. Jonesy, you guys, you guys watch wayward pines? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's good. Oh, good yeah. stuff. We're looking should... for a new show. Give it a shot. It's a ten episode event. Netflix. Matt Dillon. Is it on the Netflix? Uh, it's on the Hulu app. Okay, we got Hulu. We can make that happen. <laughs> Wayward Pines, copy that. I'm just worried about Dale Lyme disease. Have you got tested yet? I'm scared for you now. And it's it's been a couple months. I've been saving it in my headspace for the flat. So uh, <laughs> all right. I can forget about it. Uh, I was I was deeply concerned. Believe me. There's ticks everywhere on the out on the fringes of my property. You know who so, uh, doesn't okay. have ticks? <laughs> Montgomery County. <laughs> is that a guarantee? Uh, that is a no tick guarantee. I mean, we've guarantee. been here for seven days now, and I don't have any ticks. No ticks. Zero. 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 Tick? Zero. Oh God! Testimonials, babe. Eat them up. It's real life. Eat them for breakfast. Although Tiberius did come into the house with like chicken legs in his mouth, oh, my we God. don't know what that. <laughs> <was>. <laughs> He came what? in on like day two and he was laying, he just comes in, stick in his mouth, lays down and hear this crunch. Oh. And I pull it out of his out of his mouth. I'm like, give me that. And then I look at it and it's a dead chicken claw. <laughs> <laughs> I like, freaked out. 
and I went out and I was hoping he would, I was like, get out of here. I pulled him outside, hoping he would lead me to the corpse, but there was only a foot. Oh, man. Oh, God. Chicken foot. <laughs> it's probably some kind of That's voodoo for your neighbors. Yeah. And then whatever they just chased up the tree before we started right. recording. I don't know what that Probably was. the rest of that chicken. Yeah, <laughs> probably a P.O. chicken. <laughs> the how we get up there with one foot, I'll never know. Oh, I don't know. He's probably planning on napalming himself tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's very serious, though. It's like-